Welcome back to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it, come to Donahue Accounting Services. A leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio, our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online DonahueAccountingService.com. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the Hall of Fame coach, Bob Huggins. And I'm Neil Meyer with the Front Office News. And I'm J.T. Smith, Editor-in-Chief for the Front Office News. All right, fellas, we're back for another episode. Let's jump right into it. The Bearcats are currently 7-0 and recently defeated Florida Gulf Coast 99-62. JT, thoughts on the Bearcats' performance? Hey, man, they didn't have a letdown performance. They almost scored 100 points. Uh, I was happy and ecstatic by it, for sure. Coming off the road, not looking ahead to Xavier, that's exactly what you want to see from a team. Uh, a young team, new pieces and stuff like that. That's exactly what you want to see. Not looking ahead, handling business, not playing down to the competition. All right. Short and sweet. JT yeah, he said, let's, no. move on to, let's move on to shootout. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. You know, you know, that's what it is right now, man. So I don't want to jump the gun and start talking about the shootout too early. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I feel you. Neil, Neil, your thoughts yeah. on the performance? Yeah, I thought it was a huge performance. Obviously, on the podcast heading into Florida Gulf Coast, we really emphasized on how the Bearcats needed to force turnovers as they were averaging nearly 17 turnovers a game. But they held, Florida Gulf Coast only had single-digit turnovers, but they were without their leading scorer in Isaiah Thompson. So, overall, I thought I was very pleased with the Bearcats' performance. Obviously, they saw a big night again, uh, four players or five players in double figures. So, overall, big scoring night. But that was kind of the win you needed to get before heading into the Crosstown week. Obviously, they were without – CMOS Lukosius, but overall, they still got the job done, and that was the big win, and they did it in a dominating factor, and then they had the whole week to prepare for uh, Xavier this weekend, so overall, that was a big win on Sunday versus Florida Gulf Coast. I agree with both of you guys. We took care of business. Um, I really liked it halftime. We were up 49 to 26, also won the second (laughs) half 50 to 36, killed them on the glass. CJ and Vic both had 19. Love to see Odie with 13. And by the way, man, I I just love Odie. Odie's all about the team. He's all about winning, doesn't care about his stats. So anytime, you know, Odie goes off, gets 13 points or more, I mean, I I just think that's awesome for him. Um, Skillings didn't score a lot, what, three points, but he had 12 rebounds. Mm -hmm. He can impact the game in so many different ways. Um, the, The only thing that I worry about with that game is there were some times defensively that we had some lapses that I that I didn't like. Um, I liked the effort defensively. I thought there were some things execution-wise defensively that we need to improve on, especially you know going into the crosstown shootout where we're going to need to be very very sharp um, defensively. Defensively, but overall we didn't overlook them. Um, took care of business, and you know I think I think we've all said it, and it's time to move on and get ready to talk about this big game we got going on. The Bearcats head to the Centos Center on Victory Parkway to take on Xavier for the Skyline Chili Crosstown Shootout. And you're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Now let's jump into the Big O segment sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. In this segment, we cover players to watch, 
in key matchups. JT, who should we look out for from the Bearcats? I'm going Victor Locking. Um, or what, what the guy called him, Lakin. <laughs> on, 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 a, on a Howard, on a Howard uh, a broadcast. No, but uh, Victor Locking. And the reason why is if whoever's done research on Xavier, you know they had two big guys that aren't playing. I don't know if Jerome Hunter's going to be back for this game or not, but I know like some reports were saying like he's starting to ramp stuff up. Is that true, Neil? Or the no, Jerome just got cleared to do light activity, and okay. they still don't expect him to hit the court for quite some time, but he just got cleared to do some light activity. Oh. So with that being the case, I feel like, I mean, you know, they're on a three-game losing streak. I feel like Vic needs to dominate even if, you know, inside, outside, I don't think they have anybody that can match up with him. I feel like he should be able to do, to, to get any shot he wants on Saturday. And I think they'll go, like, if the Bearcats are going to handle handle business, I feel like Vic is going to be a big reason why on Saturday. Now, Neil, I need you to go to Xavier's website. I need you to take care of a couple names here, okay? Are you ready? Uh, just about. Come on, Neo. I'm just about. I have four. I have four for you today. Oh, I know which one one is. Okay, you ready? Yes, sir. Okay, the name game number fifteen for the Xavier Musketeers. Ashe Nez. Hmm. Number twenty-one. That was wrong. <laughs> number twenty-one. Sase Siani. Say say that one more time. Sasa Siani. Ooh. Number 24. Abu Osman. <laughs> and last but not least, number 50. Number 50. Let me scroll down. Gaitis Nemi Kasa. That, that one got me. <laughs> That's where it's going. It tripped that you up. <laughs> that one got me. It tripped you up, Neil. So, okay. Um, who do we need to watch from Xavier? Yeah, Xavier, I think obviously everyone kind of knows what Xavier uh, is known to do. Obviously, no Zach Fremantle, no Jerome Hunter. What Xavier does so well is this is a whole different Xavier team from a season ago. But this is a Xavier team that went to the transfer portal and brought in point guards. I think their guard play is what's going to stand out for Xavier. And it's it starts with sophomore guard Desmond Claude. I mean, he's a big guard. Wes Miller called him earlier this week in the press conference, one of the best guards in all of college basketball. Uh, you've seen the growth he's made from year one to year two. He's shooting nearly 50% from the field, leading the team in scoring 16 points per game. And he's, he's one of the go-to guys for Xavier. And then you have another point guard in Quincy Oliviere from, he transferred from Rice. He was kind of, Wes Miller kind of talked about him as well this week. I mean, transferred from Rice. A lot of people kind of, called him like under, he was one of those under the radar guys. I mean, we saw it the other night versus Delaware. He just went off for 34 points. And I mean, he kind of willed Xavier back into that, kept that Xavier team in that game versus Delaware, even though they fell. But those are two guys that are really going to have to find a way to, the Musketeers are going to have to find a way to get them in rhythm early if they want anything to go. Because obviously Desmond Claude didn't have the best shooting night versus Delaware on Tuesday. I think he finished with just like 13 points or something on like five of 12 shooting five of 13, a low stat shooting field goal percentage. But overall, those are the two guys that are going to be uh, looked for for Xavier. But overall, if you're looking at this Xavier roster, I mean, 
the guards are really what stands out. I definitely think the Bearcats have the size inside, though, for sure. I mean, you're looking at the front court. This is a team that's without Zach Fremantle and Jerome Hunter. Obviously, Zach Fremantle is still recovering from foot surgery for, I believe, the second time in as many years. And so, and then they're also without Jerome Hunter, who is now just now resuming activities after a cardiac uh, event that took place this summer. So, Overall, without those two guys in the front court, this is a whole different Xavier Musketeer team from a season ago. I mean, only three guys, I believe, are returning from that 2022 squad. So it's a, it's a huge thing to watch for, but it definitely starts with Desmond Claude and Quincy Olivieri up front for the Musketeers. The Big O segment is sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. All right, for me, I'm rocking with the hometown kid, C.J. Frederick. So I'm going with Freddie because – you know, I think this is a game, first of all, he's going to be pumped for. He gets it. He, mm-hmm. he understands how important this game is. Um, I think it's a game where he can go off. But in order for him to go off, we have to start with some inside presence. JT, it's just like football. You got to run the ball so that you can open up the pass game. Right? For so sure. I think, right? I think you've got to establish that inside presence. And once that happens – I can see CJ going off. And you know what? I don't know what it is, JT, but we have just struggled. We, the Bearcats, have struggled shooting the ball at the Centos Center. Man, it's crazy. I don't even – I don't have any stats put up, but it's always like they go – they start off on a 20-4 to four run or something like that, or it's 15-3, to three, and then the crowd gets into it and the Bearcats are scrapping. But – um, I just don't, I won't jump ahead, but it's always like that. I won't jump ahead about like my thoughts about the game and how it should go. But that part, man, it's like, they, especially there, it always something crazy happens where it's yeah. just like, it's 25 to one or something. It's like, why? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've got some thoughts on, on that when we get into our next segment. But yeah. the, the other thing I want to say real quick is, I, I honestly feel like Day Day and Jizzle are going to play such an important role in this game too. Just taking care of the basketball, man. Um, that that's that's going to be crucial as well. Um, so I, I'm really excited to see. But 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 at the same time, I am a little nervous for them because this is their first. I mean, this is probably their first real big, big, big stage game, right? Yeah, at least in college. I mean, college. I mean, College. For sure. At least in college. I mean, I know they probably they, they probably had some big games, you know, Juco style, but it's it's not you see Xavier. Nah, it's different. It's a different, it's a different. I mean, to me, it's Duke, North Carolina, you see Xavier when it comes to basketball rivalries. And if anybody feels different, um they got UC shorter. I saw something that was on what was that? Andy Katz had a, had UC Xavier at five. Um, I feel like he could piss off with that. Um, he didn't do a good research, even with bigger names, um, uh, just because. But um, everybody knows it's like serious. I mean, it's a serious thing. So um, I want to see how they um, embrace the environment and do well in the environment. So that's why I think that Howard game holds weight because it was a different kind of environment, even though it might have been like 3,500 there or 4,000. I don't know how much that, how many people that gym held. But it was a different type of – it was like a city league type of environment, which I think that's going to help them in this environment against um, Xavier. 
but it's still something we're going to have to watch closely because they're, they're going to be key. They got to run the offense. They got to run the show. Yep. If they run the show well and protect the ball, I think, you know, as a jump segments, I think it's going to bode well for UC. And, you know, the other thing that happens this game, you, you always get that one player that you never <laughs> suspect, and they just go off. And you're like, what? Every time, <laughs> Every time yes. right? Enos Cantor, D. Davis hit 5-3. And that D. Davis one was crazy. I mean, it was in the scout report, and I feel him. Like, it was in the scout report. Like, he was shooting like 15%, wasn't he? It was something low. It was something. He was not shooting well. He wasn't over 15% from three. He wasn't. Coming in that game. And he banged five on the road. Well, hopefully it's our turn. (laughs) Somebody comes in and just... Oh, Odie drops 48. Oh, that would be crazy. <laughs> that, would be, that would be the Crosstown shootout. All hooks and dunks. That would be crazy. <laughs> Wearing a headband and them shorts. Yeah, just going crazy. No face up, no face up, just hooks and dunks. <laughs> Occasional free throw. That would be crazy. Go from 41. <laughs> hey, he let that three ball fly versus Florida Gulf Coast. He did. He did. <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't do that against Xavier. No, we don't want that. We don't need them. We don't need them shots. <laughs> no, he can do that. He can do that against Bryant. We'll let him slide yeah. on that one, but not, not against Xavier. Not tonight. No. 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 So let's let's hope let's hope that a Bearcat player that that we we're not even maybe talking about here steps up and you know does something to to ignite this team to to finally get a win in the Centos Center after twenty plus whatever year. So the big yeah. old segment. Sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. Do you have a business that needs better inventory control, production management, or improved accounting control? Outgrown QuickBooks or can't afford NetSuite? Give loyal Bearcat grads Doug and Kathy Jacobs at Smart Dog Solutions a call. They have been in your position and would love to help solve your problems. You can contact them at 513-739-9473 or smartdog-solutions.com. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Now, this is the Kenyon segment sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. This is where we cover the keys to the game. JT, what do the Bearcats need to do to win? Protect the ball, man, and don't let, you know, Xavier – trick you into shooting too many jump force and jump shots that's the thing like because right now the bearcats have the size so aziz um odie vic they should be eating in the paint no matter what even if it's off lobs or back to the basket which i you know i feel stronger with vic and then you know rim running with aziz i feel like that all should cook and then once that collapses that's when the three ball gets to flying, but they, I don't want them to come down to just shooting the three, like without exploring inside um, because I feel like they should just be able to dominate them. You know what I mean? In the paint. I just think they are a better team overall than Xavier this year. So I know they're going to be on a road, but at the end of the day, player for player, they're, they're a lot better. I mean, it's just, just, I mean, I've, I've seen, we've seen weird stuff, but I just feel like if they play Right, the the right brand of basketball. No low turnovers. Keep it under. We can keep it under ten. I would say eight is a sweet spot because you're gonna have a couple turnovers here and there. It's, it's nobody's gonna not have any turnovers. So I say eight to ten, and then control the glass, um, and just don't shoot 
don't force the three. I'm saying take them because they can shoot them pretty good, but don't come down without getting that paint touch, even if it's a drive and kick. But I just think they'll be able to exploit whatever matchup they want against Xavier. I just don't see how they can uh, match up against the Bearcats this, this year, honestly. Well, JT, as we know, stranger things have happened in this uh, rivalry. So, yeah. <laughs> You know, the better I would say all things fair. I think the Bearcats are way more talented than Xavier this year. And it's been years that that's not been the case. And we've just been saying, how can the Bearcats prevent a beatdown, per se? But I think the Bearcats go in there and play the right ball. They should be able to win by double digits. I I hope I hope that's the case. Um, you know, but like you said, I think we got to stick to the script and be yeah. solid. We don't need to do that that shit where Tyler Boyd throws a trick play pass yeah, across the field nope. interception. Like, don't 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 do that. Let Jake no. continue to cook, right? Yeah, and so keep letting them cook. So, you know, Odie doesn't need to take a three. Nope, no three. <laughs> yep, no, no, not not this game. Let's be up by a lot and they're clowning. But I mean, I'll I'll take it then. But right now, no, that if you don't need that three shot, three ball from Odie. If he's shooting a three in the first half, that means like. We're playing real out of character. Yep, it's like the trick play right there. Like <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, man, don't a, don't let him off the hook. When Tyler Boyd leaned back to throw that, I said, "Oh no!" Yeah, yeah. I'm like, how did he not see that dude? Man, he was there. He was right in between. It was crazy. But it, but that was a that's the play call. I mean, he still should have thrown it though. But it was like they got too cute. Like everything was working. Why even do that play? Like y'all was scoring without it. I know. I know. Got too cute. That's the one one of one of the bad calls he had, but he was he was cooking. Um, Zach Taylor was cooking last, last week on Monday, though. I can't cap. Yeah, but was. finally, fine, yeah, finally. <laughs> I'm like, some people up. I'm like, come on, bro. He had to. You don't have you don't have uh, Joe Shiesty behind there. You gotta you gotta cook up. Something. Yeah, yeah. And then you still was disservicing Joe when he was back there. It was like, bro, you so predictable. <laughs> like, yeah. Like get him under center sometimes, my man. But um, yeah, it was just bad. Like. Got all that talent, and then people got two catches. Like, oh, it makes sense, bro. Um, and like five targets, but yeah, they they, they can't. They got to stick to the script, man. They cannot go off the script. They gotta just you know play how they've been playing and make them pay, man. I just think they just have more talent. And like you said, this game can get hairy because it doesn't matter who has the best, the most talent. It's just matter who plays the best on on Saturday. And the Xavier's been playing better than the Bearcats a lot lately. Um, and I don't like saying that. It hurts me to say that, but just being honest. But I just think if Bearcats play their best and Xavier plays their best, I think I I know UC's best is better than Xavier's best man, right now. Okay, so segue to Neil. Um, based off what JT said, what do the Bearcats need to do to win big? Because JT thinks the Bearcats can win big if they do what they're supposed to do. Yeah, and I'm right there with JT. Uh, and for many reasons, uh, we talk about the rim running, got to play inside. That's a big factor into this one. Obviously, you look down at Xavier's roster, being without Zach Freeman and Jerome Hunter inside there in the post, it, it hurts them significantly. And you have Abdu Usman down low, but if you get him in foul trouble, they don't really have much depth down there. While the Bearcats, on the other hand, you look down, you have Aziz Bandego. Victor Lockin, Odio Guama, they have the size advantage inside, which is huge. I mean, if you ask me in recent years, I don't think the Bearcats have had the size advantage heading into this matchup. 
since what, 2017 roughly? So this is an effort where they have to win the Battle of the Glass. And that's something Wes Miller and his staff have been preaching all season. You have to win the Battle of the Glass. And they did that versus Florida Gulf Coast, but they have to really establish the boards early in this one. And that, that's going to be the key factor is you limit the turnovers and you win the Battle of the Boards. I think it's going to come down to how the front court plays. Because if you look look at Sat- or Sunday versus Florida Gulf Coast, Aziz Bandego only finished with one rebound, but then you flip the page, Dan Skillings had 12. So there's not going to be many other nights where Aziz Bandego finishes with just one rebound. And I think we all know that. But heading into this one, you're going to need the big fella to get as many rebounds as possible, especially in this game because not many people know. Like He, he might not know what this rivalry really is because he's never uh, played in this crosstown rivalry before. So I know the talks in the locker room. Vic was telling us today on our Bally show about them talking and like, yeah, we got man, we got to go get this win in Cintas. So there, there's been talks in the locker room about what this rivalry means. And I think they all kind of kind of know because they're preparing for it as any other game. And they're not preparing, oh, this is a crosstown shootout. They're just basically taking it game by game. Like preparation is going to be the same from what Coach Miller and Victor was telling us. So overall, if you win the battle of the glass, you limit the turnovers, and you just go in there and you play your ball, I think, honestly, I think this could very well end up in the Bearcats' favor, and I believe the streak will be snapped on Saturday at Cintas Center with the Bearcats getting their first victory since 2021. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Now, so here's my thoughts. Um, I've said this before. The Centos Center is an extremely tough place to play. Um, people that have played there have told me that shooting in there is, is a little odd. And now I think they've done some renovation to the Centos Center, and they've painted some different walls, and it's even darker in certain spots. So – you know, Xavier has the advantage of shooting in there all the time. And listen, we all know this. the crowd's going to be rocking. So I, I think here's here's my key. The first three possessions defensively and offensively are crucial to set the tone. So like JT said earlier, we can't have a situation where Xavier starts the game, you know, on one of these crazy 15, 20, you know, to four score to start the game. We can't have that. Um, we've got to be sound defensively and and offensively. I, I'd like a shootout at the Centos where our first three possessions, let's score. Let's and, and, and that doesn't mean that, you know, we're getting a bucket, but it could be we're dumping it down to, you know, Aziz or Odie and they get fouled they go to the free throw line get one or two or whatever the case is but getting some positive out of the first three possessions I think is going to set the tone for this game um we have to run good offense be patient um and, and don't get caught up in the hype because it's easy to get caught up in the hype when you get to the Centos Center their crowds talking a lot of trash Everyone that's sitting courtside is is in the Bearcats' ear chirping. Um, and listen, I think Aziz Aziz could have one of the biggest impacts on this game because Xavier's not seen anybody with that type of length that can contest shots, change shots around the rim. So hopefully he can really change the the dynamic of this game. So I'm not as confident as you guys are in a in a a, a bigger win, but I, I think. If we do what we're supposed to, stick to the script. John Newman keeps everybody. He's the glue, brings everybody together. 
Um, you know, our veteran guys kind of keep everybody's head into it. Um, you know, I could see us winning and, 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 you know, not to say we're going to win by 10 or 15, but, but, but comfortably, but, um, but you just never know. <laughs> you never know going into this game, right? You just throw. It's, it's just such a bizarre game. I feel like every year something bizarre. So, and we could be totally wrong. We could jump on the podcast, uh, next week and just be like, you know what? We were wrong. <laughs> wrong about this and that, right? What Last year is a great example of that. I mean, you saw how the outcome started. And the next thing you know, you're like, oh, dang, Julius comes down, hits that three, and then you're like, oh, this thing's tied up after being down as much as 20. You're like, you just never know, man. You never know. No, never know. The Kenyon segment keys to the game was sponsored by Greg Hood and Beachmont Toyota. Come see fellow Bearcat Greg Hood and Beachmont Toyota for all your Toyota needs, cars, trucks, and SUVs. Greg Hood and Beachmont Toyota is ready to help you get into your new – Toyota. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. The Twyman segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. This is where we cover hot topics. All right, so for this hot topic, obviously, we got to stay with the theme of the Crosstown Shootout. But JT, I want to start with you. Give me one of your favorite moments or moment in the Crosstown Shootout. Mm, Favorite moment? Huh. That's a good question, man. This is a lot. Um, there's a lot. He's there's a lot. I'll say, what's that? Was that Jaron Cumberland's freshman year when he when he like came off the bench and I think scored like twelve or fourteen at fifth third, and they got the dub. Was that freshman or sophomore year? I think it was his freshman year. Okay, I can't remember which one. You know how it all stuff all. Yeah, it all jumps up, jumbles together. That was like one of my favorite favorite moments. It was all, almost one of my favorite moments was when Gary Clark was a freshman, but then he got that foul at the end. Remember that one, Meach? Which which one was that? The one where Clark was a freshman. Gary Clark was a freshman. I heard you, but what was the situation? Remember they were it was tied. I think he had just made the shot, but then they called a ticky tack foul on on Gary, and think dude made the free throws. Was that at UC or was that at? Yeah, was that that was at UC. Oh, man. Yep. I forgot about that. I, I tried to erase that from my memory. Yeah, that one was almost almost it was close. But the favorite one, I think it was. I feel like Cumberland. He had like a crazy. He just was like giving. JP McCare, whatever you wanted. Man, I love that. Yeah, yeah, that was my favorite. That was my favorite one. Neil? Yeah, so obviously a lot of people's favorite memory of the Crosstown Shootout. When they think of Crosstown Shootout, a lot of people think of the Kenny Freeze, Yancey Gates situation. But you look and ask me my favorite Crosstown Shootout memory. Hey, Neil, I don't know if that's people's favorite moment, but it's the most one of the most memorable. Memorable moments, yes. Yeah. Memorable. Seeing Freeze blip, lumped up was probably cool for me, though. <laughs> I'll be JT. Go ahead, Neil. Oh, my bad. My bad. I'm trying to promote violence the on the five. <laughs> the favorite memory, I would have to go with last year's Crosstown shootout. Just how everything, um, it didn't unplay the way it should have unplayed. It was a ticky-tack foul at the end. But just being in the fifth third arena where David DeJulius led this comeback, and next thing you know, like second half came out. They were down as much as I think it was like 18 and a half. And then something just sparked. I think they said that was the game where Kenyon Martin went in the, the locker room at halftime, if I remember right, because that was the game he was in attendance. Next thing you know, it was like the rims just expanded 
for UC. And then next thing you know, the Julius comes down and draw, he draws the pump fake. And then he draws that weird contact foul. And he just gets that lucky bounce, the four point play. Odio Guama putting one on Jack Nunji's head really kind of flipped the momentum. So overall last, and then the environment last year, like that, that was electric. Like that gave me chills sitting in the media row just because you're like, okay, down by 18. Next thing you know, it's like, you look up and it's 77, 78 in our favor, I believe. So we had a one point lead. And the next thing you know, it's like, oh, this thing, they just came back and they just did this thing. And then you could just sense the locker room. Landers went off. David DeJulius hits the three uh, with 11 seconds, I believe it was. Give the Bearcats the lead. And the next thing you know, it was, it was a ticky-tack foul. But overall, I mean, just that game last year, the fans, everybody was rocking. Fifth third was probably the most electric it's been in recent years in any game. So that's what it should be, though, for that rivalry. But overall, that atmosphere and everything surrounding that game last year was just fantastic. The Twyman segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. Uh, for me, uh, I, I have a lot of moments, but one moment, I, I kind of have a story behind this. So I'm playing. Um, we're at Xavier. It's 1997. We're playing at the old Cincinnati Gardens. Neil, you don't know nothing about the Cincinnati Gardens. Uh, it was terrible. The, the, <laughs> the floor, there were – we listen to this. We would practice – Right. So they took this is a true story. The coaches took tape and at practice, they would tape certain spots on our court. And those spots represented the dead spots at the center at the sorry, the Cincinnati Gardens floor. And we were to avoid dribbling and those dead spots because Xavier knows them. This court literally had if you dribbled the ball, it would not come back up to your hand. So we had to avoid that. We practiced that. There were like, there was like tape, it, it, which is wild to me. Think about that happening in 2023. You're going and playing in a court with a dead spot in college basketball. It just doesn't happen anymore, right? No. No. Um, the other thing, too, you know, the Cincinnati Gardens obviously had a lot of history behind it, but it was old. The locker room was so bad. It was like, it was like a locker room from one of them bad hoop movies from the 1980s. <laughs> JT, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like just <laughs> with the old lockers and yeah. it's like, what year is it <laughs> in this locker sure. room? So it was just, it, it was just all bad. Um, so one, one memory surrounding this game, um, going into this game, I believe Xavier was ranked. I think they were like number seven or something in the country at the time. Um, we were kind of on the rise. We had a good team. Um, we were starting to gel. But one thing happened is, is we were trying to gel as a group. Um, we had this thing where we were wearing long black socks. And if you go and you Google any picture of Kenyon Martin, you can Google and put Kenyon Martin black socks. You can see him shooting a jump shot in the Cincinnati Guards versus Xavier wearing these long black socks. And we were like Michigan was known for the black socks wearing the short black socks. Right. Yeah. You know, the kind of the crew socks. But yeah. we had the long black socks. We were like the first um, team to really do that. So we come in with the black uniforms, black shoes, black socks. I just remember that, man. I just I love that feeling coming in. It's kind of like the bad guy, the villain um, in, into the Cincinnati Gardens. And so we lost that game 88 to 68. And when I tell you, like there were times where our guards forgot and, and no criticism to them but 
they forgot that those dead spots were there. Because you've got, I mean, you're caught up in the game. Yeah. And sure enough, that ball didn't come up. Turnover. Damn. It was it was crazy. We got killed. 88 to 68. Um, Hugs was cussing us out in the locker room. And I'll never forget this. Huggins started going down the line and he cussed everybody out. He cussed. I didn't get in the game. And he was telling me I was shitty because, <laughs> because in practice, I wasn't making the guards better. You're not giving me any effort in practice. You're a shitty practice player, blah, blah, blah. He's down the line. I mean, he started going off on the equipment manager. Oh, it was, it was, it was wild. Like it was one of the crazy moments that I can remember. There were probably three games where Hugs was at just like another level. That was one. Uh, but I'll tell you what it did. We went on a 10 game winning streak after that. I don't I don't I don't have the I don't have the schedule in front of me from that year, but we might not have lost three more regular season games after that. Uh we went on a huge and that game was early that year, the, the, the shootout was. So it helped us. Um and I'll never forget this, and I'm gonna end on this. The way we felt when we left the Cincinnati Gardens losing 88 to 68 how we turned around our season after that game and i remember going into the game the following year at it was the shoemaker center at the time i remember kenyon and our leaders going we are not going to let them come in here and win this game and we dominated them we ended up winning it was like 87 to 77 or something like that it was like a 10 point game but we dominated them and man that that was a that was a great feeling so that was kind of my my crosstown shootout memory and crosstown shootout is my favorite game all year on the calendar. I mean, growing up here, um, I always dislike Xavier and I used to cry JT. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be emotional on this. I'm gonna be <laughs> my Taylor Swift here. I listen, I cried one time when Xavier beat UC. It hurt me that, that much JT. It hey, hurt, it hurt like that sometimes. You know when you're a kid, man, it's like Yeah, you get emotional. Oh, I cried when Mike Tyson lost to Buster Douglas. I'm gonna be very transparent. I did. I man, I was the biggest Mike Tyson fan. Like, how do you lose to Buster Douglas? Man, that was crazy. Yeah, I, 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 I was Ohio's own. Huh? Yep, for I sure. Ohio's own. Buster Douglas, he played uh he was a basketball player. For real? Yeah, he played a little basketball growing up. That's oh, crazy. I don't know how good he was, but I believe he played. He might have played at like Sinclair. Did he play at Sinclair? What? I, I think he did. I, 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 could, I could be wrong, but he, he played somewhere like that. That's wild. With a Neil, we might have put Neil on the investigative report. Buster Douglas, James Buster Douglas. Damn, you don't even know who Buster Douglas is? Do you, Neil? I do not. <laughs> you don't watch any Mike Tyson documentaries. I do not, unfortunately. I just started getting into boxing, sadly. Just Neil, started getting into it. Neil, listen, Man. you you need to watch a Mike Tyson documentary. He is one of the most fascinating human beings in all of sports. One of my favorite, favorite stories, athletes of all time. So you, you got to watch it. The Buster Douglas thing is just, it's sad to watch. But that's your homework, Neil. Sounds good. I'll knock that out. Okay. All right. The Twyman segment was sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. Visionary Cleaners is a local 
owned company by former Bearcat student athletes. They specialize in high quality commercial cleaning of businesses, apart pre and post construction cleans. They can be reached at 513-388-7816 or contact on the web at visionarycleaners.com. Now, fellas, this concludes another great podcast. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Donahue Accounting Services, Smart Dog Solutions, Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota, and Visionary Cleaners. We want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Meals Pizzeria 2634 Short Vine before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Meals for the support of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. And once again, we will be doing a live podcast from Meals on one of the Bearcat home games, hopefully one of the Big 12 home games coming up soon. Now, are you guys headed to the Crosstown Shootout? Neil? I will be there. I'll be in the building at Centos Center giving all the updates and the coverage. So it's going to be a fun time, fun atmosphere in the Centos on Saturday. Hopefully the Bearcats can end this streak. So I we'll, guess we'll find out. You better clear up that cough you got going on there, Neil. I know, man. I Wear know. Get you a mask or something, bro. Man, you better go in there with a bane mask. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny to see Neil in a bane mask. <laughs> a bane mask, boy, it's serious. <laughs> Are you going? No, I will. I will miss this crosstown shootout. Now, if you were to attend this crosstown shootout, your family will cut you off. Is that correct? Hundred percent. You have a family birthday to go to? Yeah, man. My aunt's 50th, man, so I can't miss it. So if I do, yeah, it'd be all bad. So I got I to gotta go. <laughs> and it was Saudi because, like, her birthday is the week before. So I thought I was going to be good. And then the party is the week after, so which is the Crosstown shootout day. So, But it's all good. It's all, all right. good. I will be watching. Good, but hopefully we can uh, leave the Centos Center with a victory. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. <clears throat> For friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it, come to Donahue Accounting Services. A leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio, our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit DonahueAccountingService.com. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Go Bearcats! <laughs>